This is the show with Cannon Brown. That's the only way that agriculture is going to get out. And I love social media people. I am a social media junkie. I get paid to do it. Okay. (laughs) Joe Schmo from the sidewalk walking down the street is not going to find your Instagram and learn about your farm because he has no connection to you in the first place. So you can share all you want, but until you do something different that is going to make you relatable to people not like you, then we're never going to reach who we want to reach. That last few minutes might have been a little confusing. You'd like to know who I was talking to, wouldn't you? What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? As always, I'm Cannon Brown, and you're tuned into the show. Hi, welcome to Thursday, September 26th. One day closer to the most wonderful month of the year. That's right, October. We're so close, guys. And not only is October just the best month, and it brings the best weather, the best season, fall. I mean, it doesn't bring in fall. Fall has already started, I think. I have no idea. But October is the time when you're like, okay, it's fall. I feel it. The leaves are changing. The birds are chirping. They're not because they're cold. They're leaving. Um, But yeah, October is just great. It's my birthday. It's like I've got like 12 family members that have birthdays in October. What's up with that? Do you guys just have like a bunch of family members that are born in October? You know why that is, right? January, February time. People, people, People be getting busy. All right. That's just that's just a fact of life. That's just a fact of life for people being born in October. They were just, they're raised by people that are active in uh, right around the new year, if you know what I mean. Yeah, you know what I mean. All right, we've got a great show, great episode, great interview for you this week. Uh, I've got Lexi Merrick on. Uh, you might know Lexi from the NJSA Junior Board, uh, Iowa State, Farm Her. The numerous clubs and organizations she's been involved in. Uh, she currently works for the Secretary of Agriculture for uh, the state of Iowa. She's been on social media. She's a huge influence on social media, and I don't know if she would like me to say that. I don't know if I don't know if people like to be called influencers, but I would say she's an influencer for sure, especially in, in the ag industry. She she reaches out to a lot of people daily on her social medias. Uh, and a lot of people look to her for for kind of guidance on on what the trends are, if you will. And she's probably listening to this like, oh come on, I I I don't do this, but yes you do, Lexi. All right, you're great, you're awesome. Uh, you help out a lot of a lot of people. And guys, she is like one of the most personable personable people I've ever met. And I thought I was personable. Uh, she is she's out there, guys. She will get out there and talk to anybody. She doesn't care who you are, uh, what your past is, who you know. It doesn't matter. She's going to talk to you, and she's going to start up a conversation and try to uh, just give you the good word of agriculture, uh, as some would say. So I'm excited for you guys to listen to this one. I want to uh, quickly say follow me on Instagram, Facebook, at the show pod, uh, stuff like that. Subscribe, like, share, leave a rating, comment, whatever. Um, Also, I've got some good news. If you're going to tune in to my Monday episode, my deep dive episode, uh, the callback episode with Lexi Merrick, uh, I've got some special news on there. I've got a reoccurring guest, my only reoccurring guest, Mr. Jake Scott. Uh, he's uh, got a segment on on that episode talking about the new show that he's helping out with, the show that we talked about on his episode. It's the World uh, Championships Showmanship Cattle Show, and that's going to be in Shawnee, Oklahoma. It's an all-showmanship cattle show. It's going to be huge. I already have the segment recorded. Uh, we've already talked about it. I'm just waiting to put it in on Monday's episode. And guys, it sounds awesome. If you guys haven't heard about it yet, look into it. Find them on Facebook. Uh, find them on the website. It's called the World Championship Showmanship Show. And I don't know if that's right. I think that's right. It's a mouthful, guys. It is a mouthful. But if you search those keywords, you will find it. And it's awesome. So, uh, yeah, that's all I've got to say for you. Remember, October is the best month of the year. Uh, And then stay tuned for Monday's episode where I talk with Jake Scott. And then stay tuned for this episode where we talk with 
where I talk with Lexi Merrick. So that's enough of me rambling. As always, I just talk too much all the time. I should save it for the Monday's episodes. So let's do it, Miss Lexi Merrick. You're safer here than any place else. Now just lock yourself in and keep quiet. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Good. How's your day going? Oh, good. I was actually going to take a nap, but now I'm not. So <laughs> I'm really sorry to be cutting into your nap time, honestly. I know how important that is to you. It's okay. I'm over it. <laughs> well, was it a busy day? Is that why you want to take a nap or what? Yeah, busy weekend. I mean, it was good, but um, yeah. So I'm like, oh, it's, you know, it's been a Monday. It's been yeah. busy and I got out of a meeting early and I was like, oh, maybe I'll go home and take a nap and then... Now, I'm also going to go work out, too, because that's better for me than napping. I think so, you should thank me, then. <laughs> yeah, we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm pushing you to go to the gym and work I'm out. I'm not so. too mad about it, just a little <laughs> bit. Well, did you do any like? Did you do anything fun this weekend that kept you busy, or what? Oh, we just had weddings. So oh, it was good. Wedding was season. Fun. Yes, exactly. You know, it's... I think... Um, we had 16 between my boyfriend and I, we had 16 this year and we still have four between now and the end of the year. Oh my gosh. Four, four or five. Yeah. I just have two coming up. So oh. <laughs> I feel good about that. And they're really fun. Like I don't mind them. And actually we haven't gone to a few of them just cause it's like, if it's going to be too much of a hassle, then I'm not going. Yeah. Cause it's not worth it. It gets to be a lot. Yeah. Yeah, like if I'm regretting it, I'm bringing nothing to the celebration, or if I'm like grumpy about it, so yeah. I'm not gonna do it. Yeah, you gotta, and you you have to go to a wedding cheerful. Like you have to go energy. I mean, it's it's love. Like you're you're celebrating love. You can't go in there grumpy. Right. Yeah. Well, um, I'm I'm so sorry I couldn't come to State Fair this year. I really wanted no, to. No, you're fine. I uh, it looked great. How 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 did it go? It was fun. Was it just um, a, a hectic? Two weeks, three weeks. Yes, it was crazy. Yeah, and I worked. It worked every day, but I was like out there, not having to be at a booth every day. So it was still chill to where I was like, I got to enjoy it, which was fun. Yeah, that's nice. That that keeps you busy, but you get to kind of watch it and and say hi to friends and family and stuff like that. Exactly. That makes it really nice. So it was worth it. Well, what kind of what'd you do there for your job? Um, we had two booths and then the secretary's there every day. So I was just like staffing him. And you, you work for the secretary, right? Yep. So what do you do yeah. for, what's your like, what's your job title? I, I forget so, from last time we talked. I'm communications coordinator. So I do a lot of like, um, pictures, social media, Okay. making sure like the events lined up or he has talking points for the speech or any, some, anything like that. Oh, wow. That sounds kind of important. It's fun. Yeah, I really like it. What's your, like, day-to-day? Uh, it depends. <laughs> you just It so, just depends on when you go in? Yeah. Yeah, so sometimes... Wait, I should ask. Are we recording right now? We are recording. Oh. <laughs> okay, good deal. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, I, I just... I always have a recording just in case. I mean, we I can cut all that out if you want to. No, you're to. fine. I just didn't know if we were or not, so... <laughs> I'll give more of a polished answer if I'm not going to repeat it twice, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just go ahead and give it. Okay, so now I'll start so you can cut that part out. Okay, <laughs> so um, my job with the Department of Agriculture and Land Stewardship is I'm the communications coordinator. So I work on the communications team in on Secretary Nag's personal um, team. So I can do anything from running social media to traveling with him to different events, um, making sure he has the talking points that he needs for that event or pitching media. And actually today I covered, um, there's a lot of stuff going on around the state. So I represented the department at a meeting for an organization here within our state. So every day is different and I really enjoy it. That sounds awesome. I mean, it, it's good that it, every day is different, so you don't just get in like the same routine every single day. Exactly, and I notice even after how crazy the state fair was, um, we were there every day. It's eleven days. I was working at least doing something for work every day, um, but then I got back in the office and I was like, "Okay, I'm bored. <laughs> What's next?" 
Um, yeah, I feel so, like I feel like this job is perfect for you. I mean, you love interacting with people. You, you're very personable. I, I mean, you get to go out there all around the state and just talk to people. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I love that. Um, I knew whatever job I needed to be doing, I am naturally an extrovert. So I need to have that sort of extroverted opportunity. And uh, I have that here for sure. Yeah. And do you think that you got kind of your extroverted mentality just from growing up with like all of your siblings? How many siblings do you have? Yeah. So I have three sisters. Okay. Yeah. And they're, I'm the oldest. So I always joke, um, they're, they really don't talk as much as me, <laughs> probably cause I couldn't, um, I didn't really let them maybe. Um, but I will say that I actually contribute to being extroverted and enjoying people actually to showing pigs. And the reason there was when I started showing, um, I'm pretty sure when I went to Denver, my first year, I was 11 and I was the only kid from my state. So it was either like you make new friends or you don't have friends. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's kind of where that started. And now it's, it's funny looking back, those kids that I met when I was 11, I'm still friends with them because they still continued to show pigs. And, you know, we served on the junior board together and different things like that. But I really think that being put in that uncomfortable situation as an 11 year old, when you know, no one else, um, except your dad. And I, my mom went out, my sisters didn't even go with us that trip. <laughs> um, so it's, that played a big part in just learning to roll at different situations. And then once you become comfortable in it, you learn to enjoy it. Yeah. And I think uh, you almost have to be put in those situations to, to push you uh, to meet new people and to reach out there and get new perspectives. So you almost look back on like when you're in the moment, I know when I have been put in those situations, you're always kind of terrified to like go up to like new people and meet them for the first time. But once you do, it's so easy. And then you look yeah. back on it like, why, why was I like, why was You're I so stressing right. over um, this? And I wouldn't say that I love being an awkward. Oh, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. And I was walking around, but I'll sit down so the headphones don't move. Oh, okay. Oh, that, yeah, that'll work. Perfect. That might help. I mean, I'm in my kitchen. Are you, does it work better for you? That much. Does, does it work better for you if you walk around? Do you, are you better at talking? Usually, but I can sit, so this is no problem. That's but so yes, weird because, usually, like, right before this, I was gonna walk around to talk to you too. I honestly think it's a livestock judging thing. Yeah, because when is. you you know you see kids pacing and and memorizing their reasons and whatnot, I I a lot of times on the phone when I'm talking, I'll just start pacing. <laughs> well, I mean, and I look it, like, like I'm crazy in the office. If but it like. It's more comfortable, I think. I mean, you can like process things better when you're walking around. You're not like, you're not just like sitting there complacent. Exactly. All right. So we've talked about your siblings. You had three sisters growing up. You're the oldest. Yeah. Um, I just can't imagine kind of uh, growing up with three sisters. Your dad has this uh, kind of show pig operation. How, how was it growing up with your dad just kind of wrangling three girls running around his place? <laughs> Um, it was fun, honestly. And so we live on, we're the sixth generation, my sisters and I, um, I've Macy McKenzie and Leah, and we're the sixth generation on our family's farm. So our you know, great, great grandparents settled on our land and our farm has been in our family for over 120 years. So not only do we have show pigs, um, we have a commercial cattle herd and then we have uh, corn and soybeans and then we do run some like hey alfalfa for those cows um, so we've been involved I would say the pigs got us mostly involved on the farm um, just because it was something that was so hands-on it was in our backyard uh, we're pharaoh to finish however we finish those uh, so we were always having baby pigs we were always involved in every process of their lives. And then we showed all over the place. Um, so between my sister, Macy and I are the most involved right now. Uh, Leah's a senior in high school. So she's actually still showing 
And then my sister Mackenzie is a fashion student at Iowa State University. Uh, so she's done showing and doesn't have as much ties to the farm, uh, but still is, you know, loves it and is grateful for her experience there. Yeah, uh, so bet, growing, yeah. I, I bet it was a, I mean, I bet it was a, just a fun experience overall. I mean, you're growing up on all these acres. I mean, you can go wherever you want. You've got pigs in the backyard. You've got sows, boars. I mean, you guys have a, had a boar stud too. You guys still have a boar stud? Yeah. So what we've done kind of the past few years, and it's been really interesting to see how farms evolve. Um, but to see how ours has evolved, we got to back up a little bit further than actually before I was born. So my family's always had, uh, like I said, a farm. My grandpa actually had uh, production pigs and he was master pork producer of the year back in the 80s. And wow. then we all know what happened in the 80s is there was a farm crisis. So at that point, my family had to um, kind of hunker down and get through the crisis or, you know, make some decisions. So what was decided is um, my dad was the one who loved showing pigs. And he also showed at, you know, the National Western and the State Fair and the American Royal and got involved that way. And he decided to niche down and make the pig operation smaller and focus on show pigs. And my grandpa stopped raising commercial pigs. So at that point, you know, we're in the 90s. Um, my dad is home from college. And that's when he really starts raising pigs. And um, they had a really good run. It's really cool to see what kind of success they had back then and what those pigs look like compared to what we show now. Uh, completely different. They're so different. Oh, it, they're horrendous back in the day, but I'm sure <laughs> well, they were they, great. But back in the day, they thought they were good. Exactly. And they probably were. And then we'll look back and be like, oh my gosh, what did we show? Exactly. <laughs> um, so then we're into my dad's uh, business and operation and, and he married my mom and they had me as, you know, their showman. And then my sister shortly after, we're all two years apart. So it was bang, bang, bang. Nice. And kind of the reason the boar stud started was because uh, my dad knew that as a parent, it was important for him to give the show experience to his kids. And when you do that, it's inevitable that you will probably sell less pigs because you're <laughs> competing against people, right? Exactly. Um, and I always am so grateful that he still gave us that opportunity because it really shaped me and my sisters of who we are today. And he could have very easily said, no showing, we're just selling them. And I wouldn't have had a lot of experiences that I was able to have. Um, so that is actually when the boar stud was born because what we could do was sell our genetics if we weren't going to sell as many pigs. So for 10 years, we had a lot of boars on the farm. We ran all American sires. And then all of a sudden, remember I said how we were all very close in age, two years apart. Yep. So I was done showing two years later. Macy was done showing two years later. Mackenzie was done showing. And now we just have Leah. So more recently, we've actually scaled back the boar stud. We've scaled down the sows a little bit. So Macy and I can be more involved in the farm. And um, we focus, we have the boars that really we're only going to breed sows to. And we do offer that semen to others. But what we realized is um, in order for us to manage it as a family, we're just going to do, you know, quality over quantity. And... That's where we're at now. So we do still have boars to answer your original question. Um, we have we offer crossbred and spot semen, and it is boars that we are currently breeding our sows to as well. So it's stuff that we truly, truly believe in, and then we still offer, um, you know, lease gilts, uh, pigs to show, and we have quite a few different breeds. Now, how was how hard was it to kind of tone it back a little bit and uh, kind of go down to a smaller scale? Was it pretty easy? Was it quick? Mm -hmm. Was it a quick transition? No, it was not a quick transition. <laughs> um, and it's hard decisions. It is. So, um, yeah, but I would say it was the right decision because what it comes down to is when I go home. So Macy and I are the most involved. I have an off-farm job. I actually live two hours from the farm. 
And I've lived two, at least two hours away since I went to college and then got employment opportunities after that. So I haven't lived back home and Macy's in the same boat. Uh, so to go home and remember over a hundred litters that are going through your farrowing house or to go home and remember uh, 60 litters, like it's way more manageable to have less pigs. And That's I love true. it. Um, and then also we can focus on the quality of those pigs and make sure that they are those litters are taken care of that the best that you can because the more you have the honestly the more poop you have and um, I'm not around to scoop the poop every day so <laughs> <laughs> neither is my sister um so that's where we're at well that's uh that's the nice part about having a job two hours away from the farm you don't farm you don't have to uh go over there and shovel pins I know. And now I've realized that it's more of a therapy, like a getaway for me. So I go home on the weekends and I look forward to it because I don't have to do it every day. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it is kind of therapy sometimes, even if you're like cleaning pens or uh, shoveling poop. Yeah. I mean, you just put some headphones in. Yeah. You're good. I mean, you can go all day. It's my time to think. I don't have to talk. You know, everyone needs some downtime. I don't have to talk to anyone. I can go through anything in my head that I want to. And um, that's that's how it is. And I always wondered why my sister Leah, you know, when I am home in the summer, I'm like, I'll come help you clean pens. And she's like, no, no, I got it. Well, now I know why. Because she doesn't want me to make conversation with her. She just wants to do it on she's her own. She's trying to get away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So that's. That's kind of where we're at, and um, I still love being involved in what we do have back home, and we've really expanded the cattle herd, so um, we're very diverse in all different aspects of agriculture, which gives me a really good perspective for when I do go to my full-time job. Now, when you guys were showing all together, how was the competition? Were you guys openly competitive, or did you try to put a try to put the best smile on your face and act like you didn't care? Yeah. Um, okay. That's a really good question. And in my opinion, (laughs) I would say we all work together really well, but I also don't want to speak for my sisters because there's a really good chance that they were mad at me at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I was, you know, I, um, they won shows that I never got to win. So I know how that feels. Yeah. Um, actually the year I won the Iowa state fair, it was my last year. So in Iowa, you can show till you're 21. It's four years past uh, your graduation date because we have an FFA show and a 4-H show split. So I was going to show, I was going to keep showing until I won it. Well, of course, I didn't win it until my very last year. So I kept showing. So what I would do, and I didn't want to limit my internship opportunities, which would in turn turn into a career because I knew that was important to me. So, um, I talked to my family and what we decided was that I would come home on the weekends and some days like I'd leave, um, I'd drive to Des Moines Monday morning and then I'd drive home Friday afternoons so I could be home for as much as possible. And then um, Macy was really the ringleader that summer. She actually still does all our feeding and rations and everything in the barn. So um, my dad gets pretty hands off when we're home and I think he kind of likes it. And then we just, we can, you know, go do whatever we want and and, um, really involved that way. Um, But, and the reasoning was, was because ultimately we've always been a team. And there was a lot of times when she had track meets or she had sporting events and I was not an athlete. I have zero hand-eye coordination and no athletic ability. Um, So when I look back, our whole life was just balancing and working together to get things done. Um, And when I had won, I actually had a friend of mine say, if I was your sister, I'd be, I'd be really mad at you (laughs) um, because you weren't home every day. And I, that didn't make me mad. I felt so bad. I, I was so apologetic. I'm so sorry to my sisters who, um, I actually only had two pigs that summer. So it wasn't like they were walking a set of eight head for me. Yeah, exactly. Um, So that was a little nicer that we just really kind of put all my eggs in one basket. 
but I sent I sent a family text that just apologized and asked and made sure they were okay. And um, all three of my sisters came back and said, well, no, like, yeah, it's your name, but we also have half your name and, and we did it together. So Dang, that's kind of, that, that where... actually is really sweet. Oh my gosh. I know. And that's just, but that's how we were raised. That's how we were um, like you you were in trouble if you pouted or if you were upset that you didn't win or if you like you were told to knock it off and that's not how we act. So, um, and that was a really good life lesson because that goes straight into life now, but yeah, we're still a team. And I mean, they're my sisters. I, I am only allowed to beat up on them or get mad at them. If anyone else does, we have each other's backs. So (laughs) I think that goes for the show ring too. Yeah. And I think, uh, you guys just being two years apart, the whole lot of yet that kind of fosters some tight knit groupness of you guys. I mean, you guys were just growing up together so close. Oh yeah. And may I remind you that we only have, uh, we live in an old farmhouse. So there's four girls, right? Well, there's three bedrooms in the house. So we each shared a room. (laughs) um, There was one bathroom where we got ready. We're one upstairs, one downstairs. So we, um, to say that we were close, um, is very figuratively too. Like, yep, we lived close together. Yeah, you guys were <laughs> in each other's faces on a daily basis. All the time. Yeah, that's awesome though. It, it would be pretty fun at some points. At some points, it w- at most points, like at the time, it was not awesome. But now it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now that one you that one you won with uh, at Iowa State Fair, you guys raised that one, didn't you? Yeah, so we've actually raised everything that we've ever shown. Oh, that's awesome. I did, yeah, so, I actually didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, that was something that we decided we were going to do. Um, and that was like the, when we talk about going back to the boar stud. Um, we were going to show what we raised. And some years, you know, when you don't have a good set, you don't have a good set and you just get waxed. And that sucked. Um, but the years that it did pay off where we – had really good success knowing that I was there the day that it was born and the day that it showed and we were the ones taking care of it every step of the way. It's really rewarding. Yeah. It's kind of, we went by it's different. Oh yeah. And you don't see many people do it. And I don't know why that was our mentality, but I've never shown, um, we would buy purebred gilts because we didn't have a lot of purebreds to show at NJSA shows And then we would bring them back and have them as sows. So that was the only time I didn't show something, but I never showed a barrow that we didn't raise. That, yeah, I I mean, that just adds so much more importance. If you do win, you're like, wow, I I actually raised this animal from birth until death. Like that, I mean, that's, that's the ultimate, like, that's the ultimate win. Yeah. And it's so cool. Like, um, because we had the boar stud, it wasn't even that we raised that pig, you know, we raised its mom and its grandma and its dad and its grandpa. And it went down and down and down the line. And a lot of things that we raised went back to that, the success that we had in the nineties when our, our show pig operation first started. So it's really cool to watch that and just see that, that line lineage go down and it's not a one-time win. It's a program that you're building. And we love that program. Yeah, I think a lot of uh, breeders out there would have to agree with you. I mean, once you can actually see the lineage and and figure out what worked and what didn't and then win, I I mean, it just adds to the whole fact that, wow, I've been – you've like been raising that pig for the last five, six years actually and not just the last eight months. Yeah, exactly. So the State Fair pig, um, it was – one of the first successes that BMOC had, and that was the best man pig. So we, we'll use outside semen just like everyone. Um, but then that same sire we had at home ended up giving a lot of success to a lot of other families. And then he ended up going to SGI and they had continued success with him there. So uh, really awesome to continue to see that kind of spread that you can get. Now, how hard was it for you to leave the farm and and go to Iowa State? Yeah, so I 
I wouldn't say I still get homesick. Um, <laughs> and my poor mom asked me one time, is it because you miss me or is it because you miss being outside you know, with the animals? I'm like, oh, don't ask me that. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's the animals. It's the animals, yeah. Um, yeah, so every two to three weeks, um, I still try to drive back home. I was there yesterday, actually, just for the day. And uh, then came back to my little studio apartment in the city. But, and now the city is Des Moines. So yeah, compared to not, the cities across the country. It's not really a metropolitan. <laughs> it's not it is, huge. It is. It's kind of big. <laughs> we have rush hour. Oh, yeah. Just, it's a good size yeah. city. <laughs> um, but it was hard. And I think I was so, so lucky to go to a university that had agricultural programs so I could still go to the farm at school and I was still learning about ag in classrooms and I I could have that tie to agriculture on a daily basis which kind of kept me sane and I see that now um, in my career too I've still only worked for agriculture companies and it's the best thing ever yeah you just I mean you're a fan of the atmosphere and it's because you were raised in it yeah yeah it's all I know (laughs) I think that's how a lot of us are uh, we're just like raised in the industry. So we're just like, yeah, I mean, we know it. We like it. Let's just stick with it. <laughs> exactly. And I love that it's such a diverse industry, whereas I could still be watching, you know, the pig shows and, and being involved in the operation back home. But actually, I've been on agricultural operations across the country, and they're so different that there's still opportunities for us to learn. And for us to take away, like, you think you know ag because I live in Iowa and we lead a lot of agriculture production. And I don't know the slightest thing about the industry as a whole because it's so diverse. So it's fascinating and intriguing. And it just keeps my interest so, so, like, I love it. There's just so many more things to learn. Yes. in, In every aspect of the industry. Exactly. You can never know enough. Exactly. But you stayed, uh, uh, I mean, you got homesick, but you stayed really busy at Iowa State. Yes. I mean, you were in so many clubs and extracurriculars. Walk me through. I don't know how you did it, honestly. Honestly, I don't know either. Like, I, I told my college roommate that one time, like, was I just a hermit? Or how did I, I, I don't know. It was a college energy that I definitely don't have anymore. So, <laughs> <laughs> um. I was in different clubs on campus. I was ambassador for the college for a while. Um, the Iowa State Block and Bridal Club is the largest club in the country. And they're kind of a powerhouse there on campus, too. So I was a part of that and um, helped with Barrow Show Hogs, National Barrow Show Hogs. Iowa State takes a load up there. So I'd be involved in that. And um, where I really found my interest was in the entrepreneurial program. They offered internships, so I had two internships out of there, one um, with an agronomy tech company where I learned that like agronomy is not my thing, <laughs> I don't love it, and one as a communications intern uh, for a small business that was uh, really a media brand promoting women in agriculture called Farm Her, and that's where I found my passion, and I loved that company. Um, that was actually my first full-time job out of college. So I would say that involvement paid off. But in college, I kept that internship and ended up planning six events in five different states across the country, I believe, as an intern. And I, that was because it was a small company and they didn't have a full-time person to do it. Oh, my gosh. Um, so that was cool. And that's a lot of work. Um, yeah, it was crazy, but I guess when you're enjoying it, it didn't seem like that much work. It was just something really cool that I had the opportunity to do. So I traveled all over with them. And then I was also president of the national agri marketing association club. And that also directly related to another internship at two other internships that I had in college. And that really sparked my ag communications, um, agricultural marketing passion. Now you just covered a lot of stuff. So I want to break it down a little bit. I want you to uh, tell the listeners and me uh, a little bit more about farm her, because I know a little bit just from you. Um, but I don't think 
uh, enough people know about it. Yeah. So Farm Her, I was their first employee as their intern back in the day. And it was started by a gal here in the Des Moines area uh, by the name of Margie. And she is still a friend and mentor to me today, even though I don't work full time there anymore. Um, I did for about a year right out of college. And my the whole goal of Farm Her is to shine a light on women in agriculture, which may not have been seen before. And that is that women have always been in agriculture. They've always been on the farm, uh, but typically in leadership positions or in businesses, it, agriculture is heavily dominated by men. So it was just a community and a brand that lifted up women's involvement in the industry. So what I worked on was um, Margie is a photographer. So she took these amazing photos and then along with, I got to do the email marketing and social media and promotion that way. But I decided that um, something that would be beneficial to me was to have meetups or an event where women in agriculture, students and young women could partner and connect and learn from women who have been in the industry. So that was kind of what I created as an intern and it blew up. And this year they will be having their 20th event here in Iowa. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. So really cool to see. They have a TV show on RFD TV. I got to be a part of that. They have a radio show on the rural radio network. Um, they have a podcast and that was a big part of my life for a, a period of time. They're pretty big now. It's cool. It's way cool to see how it's grown. Yeah. And they, I mean, they just started like four years ago. Yeah. So I believe this fall is, or next spring will be, they're in like their sixth year actually. Okay. But I joined them when they were two years in. So I've been involved for almost five years. Wow. Yeah. And now I just get to be their cheerleader. So I'm not employed by them. But <laughs> um, it's really cool to just you know support friends that are doing great things. And I still love what that business is doing. So I get to be their cheerleader on this side. Yeah, that's awesome. And you're, I mean, you're, you're being pretty modest when you're talking about all your clubs here. Uh, you've been involved in because not only were you involved in all these clubs, uh, you were a college student, you were showing at the time, and then you were also on the NJSA junior board. Um, shout out the junior board. Yeah. I was on it with you. It was a good time. <laughs> the good old days. Oh, it was so fun. <laughs> it was. And I, I loved that. Um, actually, I still see value in that today because during the World Pork Expo or the exposition this year, um, the Secretary of Agriculture, who is my boss, did a welcome there. And I actually, um, he had never, he'd been to the World Pork Expo, but never really walked through the barns. So I got to walk with him through the barns. And it was so cool to introduce him to families from all over the country that I met because I was on the junior board. And it was not unnatural for me to be like, oh, I met her, you know, when she was three and she was a novice showman. And, um, you know, then this person I met because we were on the junior board and here, you know, this is my boss. He is the secretary of agriculture here in the state of Iowa. And I don't think he realized how much of a reach the NJSA has. And I didn't realize how grateful I was to be a part of that organization. It was pretty incredible. I mean, just the amount of kids that you meet, the amount of people that you get to uh, interact with at yeah. the shows. Uh, I I miss. I mean, it was such it was such hard work. I mean, Expo and uh, NJSS, those were so tough. I mean, just working yes. day after day, not getting a lot of sleep. But in the end, you look back and you're like, oh yeah, it's totally worth it. That was really cool. I remember like. I have never been so tired as the Summer Spectacular. Like, we would go to bed. And that was before, Canon. we were on it, like, right in that time. Do you remember when we showed commercial guilts at the World Park Expo till like, 2 a.m. because yeah. they hadn't split the days yet? Yeah, we didn't, get, we didn't get the new schedule. No. And it was kind of the same way in Louisville, I think. Like, they had to split it into one more day because – or shifted around because there were so many pigs showing. So we were in like the height of the explosion. Yeah. And Which is it was, cool. 
It was so cool. But those kids have it. So they only work like 12 hours now. We worked like 16. <laughs> exactly. I mean, well, that first check-in day, there. I mean, at least more than half of us are going to pull an all-nighter. Yes. Because we're, we're just standing at the at all the trailers checking people in, writing on windshields. Yeah. S- sorry about the windshields, people. I know people still get triggered about the windshields, I think. <laughs> but, oh, gosh, it was so hard, but it was so gosh dang fun i mean the meals yeah. were meals were good we got our meals oh. paid for which was nice <laughs> exactly <laughs> kaylee's and gonna listen friends. to this and be like i got you more than meals <laughs> <laughs> and it was always pork so you can't go oh, wrong pork with burgers pork. <laughs> every day <laughs> the only way i could get through the pork burgers every single day for lunch was if i had just a bunch of mustard I had to just douse the pork burgers in mustard. I love pork burgers, but after the fifth day, you're, you're tired getting of tired them. of them. Yeah. yeah, no, exactly. Oh, gosh, it was so it was fun. So, uh, it was it was such. I a good probably time. loved out of all the experiences that we had being on the junior board. I liked the leadership conference the best. Oh, uh, can we talk about that a little bit? Can we talk about the karaoke contest at the, the leadership? The karaoke contest that's still going. It's still going, yeah. I yeah. and it started. Uh, I think it started my first year on the board. I and think so. Yeah. No, it was I the was, year before that, actually. It was while you were running. It was while I was running. Yeah. It was and while I was I running. It was such a good time. It was, and I don't even know like why we started, but all of a sudden it was just like, here's a microphone. There's music playing. Let's put on a show, and everyone got involved. And my favorite thing about leadership conferences, you can be the most timid kid kind of like how I mentioned my first national show I was the only kid from my state and I didn't know anyone and being on that board and watching those specific students come into that conference and by the end of the conference they are chatting up a storm and they participated in the karaoke contest and they are adding everyone on snapchat and that that leadership opportunity is so really awesome to see. It's awesome. It's absolutely incredible. And like, it was usually the shy kids that won the karaoke contest too. Yeah. <laughs> Cause all of a sudden they pulled out some great dance move. Exactly. And it was all over. I feel like it was Walter and uh, Tana that started the karaoke contest it because they was. started the Mississippi girl, their remix. Yes. You're so right. I think it, it was. was. Because one year, like when they were little, they remixed or rewrote Mississippi Girl to something about a pig show. So they performed it for us. Yeah, I'm going to have to have one of them on because I think they wrote it when they were like nine years old. You should have them on together and have them sing it for you. I, I, well, they are definitely going to sing it for me for yeah, sure. Tana Simmons and Walter Colvin, if you're listening, you are about to drop a record yeah i'm gonna have to or get in single. touch with them i'm gonna have to get in touch with them pretty soon <laughs> just drop a single drop a single because honestly the song was good i mean if they made it when they were that young and everybody it was really good everybody's that's listening right now is like guys we don't know what this song is stop talking about the song it's hilarious just wait <laughs> it's so funny but so anyone listening i guess i would definitely look into and i know um there's, you know, if you're not into pigs, you are more than welcome to come. But cattle associations also offer leadership conferences. But I highly recommend it. And it's really unnatural because you're with all your pig show friends, but there's no animals there. Yep. Um, but that really gives you the opportunity to kind of get to know each other and, and dig in. And it's really fun. And you know what I like about it? And I think um, uh, the Angus Association does this too with their lead conference, I think. Uh, they... We go somewhere, and it doesn't have to be around agriculture places. Yeah. I mean, the last one was in Chicago or Kansas City. I mean, I, NJSA yeah. went to Chicago like two years back, and they just visited like just random companies. I mean, it, it was probably agricultural companies, but they weren't visiting feedlots or farms. It's just it's getting a new outlook on like the country we live in and the different sectors of the industry. You're so right. And those companies have – people in agriculture and not in agriculture and that's what this industry needs so i think it is you're right it's really eye-opening for those students to be able to see what a career in agriculture can look like and maybe it's different than what they had originally thought of 
Yeah, it's uh, we can. I mean, we can talk about NYLC all the like for the entirety of the podcast. It's just such a good time. If you're listening out there and you're showing, look into youth leadership conferences. They're so awesome, and you're going to meet so many people from around the country. That's my plug. I'm done. Yes, retweet. Retweet. Now, when you when did you start doing pageants? Because I think mm. this is a really interesting fact about you. <laughs> well, that just took like a big shift, didn't it? <laughs> it? Well, I mean, it was a hard transition, but I wanted to get into it. <laughs> I like that. Okay, so pageants. Let's see. Um, it depends kind of what you would describe as a pageant. So I started small. I was my county port queen, and then um, in Iowa we have county fair queen competition. So I always wanted to be my county fair queen. So I did that competition and that was great and went to the Iowa State Fair, competed there, had a blast. And then I just happened to meet, we always had Miss Iowa come to our Washington County Fair Queen pageant. And the county queen contest um, in Iowa. Tell tell us a little, tell us a little bit about it for states that don't have this, because I know Arizona doesn't have it. Okay. Tell us a little bit about the process. So, and, and every state's different. So ours is actually, um, we do not do a swimsuit or a talent portion of the competition at our county queen contest. It's strictly based on interviews and stage presence. And then you go and actually compete during the Iowa State Fair. So they have a panel of judges. You compete against... A hundred. We have ninety nine counties, so some counties have two. Um, so when I competed, there was a hundred and one. This year, there was a hundred and three girls in the competition, and you have a blast. You meet other girls. You are all representing your counties and your hometowns and and what you love. And then that queen that is crowned will represent uh, the Iowa State Fair. So she is involved in different aspects of the state fair and is all over the place during the state fair. So I was actually first runner-up at that competition and um, then was like, hey, queen days are over. You know, sounds good. Good crown. I, you know, got to love a sparkly crown, but I'm done. (laughs) Well, um, it was actually not even the year I was giving up my crown. It was the year after, and I was helping at our local contest, and Miss Iowa was there. And she was going to perform, and she just happened to bring her mom with her that day. Well, her mom totally, like, sold the program. I was like, you need to sign up. You need to try out a Miss Iowa pageant. Um, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I haven't danced in four years. I danced when I was younger, um, but I haven't even put on a tap shoe in four years. Um there's a swimsuit portion of the competition. I had never worked out before in my life. Like really not into that. Um, I have no athletic ability. So not really what I was into. And, um, but I loved the aspect of having a platform that encourages you to first off, simply be a better person. And second of second off to, talk to people to be involved in your community and to try to make a difference. And I missed that because I was in college. I was a sophomore in college and there's something true to the sophomore slump and you're trying to find your way in college and you're trying to figure out what you need to do. And you just kind of are a little lost maybe. Um, So I didn't tell anyone I was competing and Miss Carol Olson kept following up and she sent me you know these are the shoes that you would probably want to compete in and this is here's a list of interview questions you should really practice and and this is the rules to the oh and here's the application to apply for the pageant it (laughs) kept coming so I was like fine whatever I'll do it and I had always watched Miss America when I was younger I loved it and all of a sudden there I was and I competed and I didn't win even I loved it It was so cool to challenge myself to go outside my comfort zone, to perform, to have fun, to be surrounded by other women who were doing amazing things. None of them knew about agriculture. None of them, oh, some of them were from a farm, but really no one had, you know, was going to Iowa State and majoring in agriculture. 
Um, so it really put me outside my comfort zone and outside my bubble, and it was amazing. Were Were you so, nervous at all to do it, or did oh you my just gosh. wing it? No, I was freaking out. Um, I, I it was like the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. And I went skydiving one time, and I would do that over the initial pageant all over again because I had no idea what I was doing. And you'd think, and I thought this. <laughs> You think those girls are just, you know, dancing around in heels and they're just ding dongs and there's no <laughs> talent to it, right? Like, yeah. sure, I can put on some heels and go stand on stage. Oh, no. No, 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 no. There is a certain way that those girls who are successful, they go through more training, more practice. They know more about the world than your more than average American. Because they are grilled on current events. They are grilled on their involvements. These women are truly changing the world. And they do it in a way that is poised and beautiful. Yeah, but you, you got to admit those YouTube videos of like... Oh, the ding-dongs? The, yeah, those are kind of funny. <laughs> those are those are bad. Yes, <laughs> I, lo I love America and, and we have to feed the hungry. Right. Um... But I, 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 don't think, I don't think those, you're all like that. And most of those are a different, actually, a system. And I don't want to point fingers. But there is two systems. So the Miss America system is, is they give out a lot of scholarship money. It's more academic-based. And the Miss USA system is the system that is based on modeling contracts. And a lot of women who compete in that system become actresses or models. Whereas a lot of the Miss America system, um, they are like Miss America two years ago is now an attorney. And oh, wow, I didn't even um, know that the two were different. Yeah, oh, very different. Uh, so a lot of the ones you see, and I don't want to be mean because I still love the USA system and I think there's amazing girls. I'm pretty sure Miss USA right now is a microbiologist. Oh, wow. So, yeah, like they, they got some brains behind them. But naturally, score wise, you cannot be as academic and still score well in the Miss USA system because it is more based on looks. Yeah, I I think uh, I'm with the majority here that doesn't that has never known that there was two systems here. <laughs> thank I could tell you more than me. you ever want to know. <laughs> yeah, I I really appreciate that because I think everybody's just like, oh, pageants are just thrown into one category, right? And and it's not. Well, and a question that has been brought up a lot recently is, is it still relevant? And I think that's a really, really good point. So I've been thinking about it a little bit. So Iowa also still has um, a general Iowa pork queen. And that used to be in a lot of other states. And now I believe it's just um, Indiana has some like individual purebred queens or breed queens. Um, but Iowa has a overall pork queen. And is that pork queen so relevant? And in my opinion, now more than ever, with every women's rights movement, when with every groundbreaking, you know, women empowerment, I am not one to say that women are better than men. But what I do believe is that we both have our strengths. And I think the pageant system can show a well-rounded women and give them support that they wouldn't have without the pageant. So in my opinion, yes, it is still relevant because it greatly helped me. Well, that's awesome. I mean, as long as you got some stuff out of it, that's, Oh yeah. I mean, you're good. It doesn't oh, really yeah. matter what other people think. As long as you like, you know that you got something out of it, it's worth it to you. Exactly. And I bet it's worth it to a lot of other girls. So, and a lot of what I got out of it is actually worth it to our industry too because remember when I said most of those girls had no ag experience? Well, exactly. guess how many of those girls have been on our farm now? Exactly. And they've been – like they've held a baby pig and they understand. So I'll get a lot of questions of um, – I'll just get random text messages of, oh my gosh, I showed my friend your Instagram. Um, thanks for sharing pigs. Or I didn't know this about family farms – Thanks for telling me. And it really builds that connection of, yeah, I'm the trusted answer that I can I can share. And that's an audience I would have never had before.
That's awesome. And that's why you get involved with other things besides agriculture so that you can meet other people and kind of teach them the right way of, of interpreting things that they see on social media. I mean, I remember the last oh, yeah. time we talked, your sister's really involved in fashion. Yes. And, at Iowa, and at Iowa State, I mean, there's in the fashion uh, department, there's probably not a lot of people that know about ag. And she's, you told me she's kind of spreading the good word yes. uh, in her department. Yeah. And I know we talked about this before is that's the only way that agriculture is going to get out. And I love social media people. I am a social media junkie. I get paid to do it. Okay. (laughs) Joe Schmo from the sidewalk walking down the street is not going to find your Instagram and learn about your farm because he has no connection to you in the first place. So you can share all you want, but until you do something different that is going to make you relatable to people not like you, then we're never going to reach who we want to reach. That's so, a and great that's, way of putting it. <laughs> I mean, that's no, that a simple is a way blunt of way to put yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> no, but that's the blunt way to put it, and that's how people need to see it. And I, yeah, I, I don't want to sugarcoat it. And people were mean to my sister because um, I remember her saying what they said of uh, she'd hang out with a group of ag kids and they would literally tell her she doesn't belong there because she's not in agriculture. Well, she is the one that is going to tell the girl from Chicago who is sitting next to her in class that we are nice to our cows, that we don't hurt them on purpose because we're going to eat them. Well, that see, is that, how you connect. That's that's the problem right there. Back up to where like they were excluding her because they said that she wasn't an ad kid. We need to be a little bit easier on people too. <laughs> exactly. I guess that's a different conversation. It, we can go on and on and about this. But I do want people to remember and realize that like, yes, you have a voice, but you've got to do something different if that's what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's hard because everybody's in the social media stage where no one wants to do this human interaction that we that people <laughs> used to do 30 years ago. Everyone just wants to talk over the phone. I'm going to tell you right now, Lexi, I don't I hate sharing stuff on social media. I don't like posting my life. And I know I kind of have to now because like I have this podcast I need to share more. I need to put out more content, but I'm just so bad at it because I so- I don't I don't like sharing stuff. And what I, first off, that's totally fine. Second off, I think there's a difference between sharing experiences than sharing your life. So on my social media, I try to do a post. I don't know. I enjoy the engagement with other people. So I'll try to do a post probably once a week. And But I will never tell you where I live. I will never tell you like my, um, specific things about me that are private. There yeah. is, there is a difference between privacy and, um, in the public. So that can kind of get skewed. So you don't have to share every single thing that you're doing, but if you do want to share about you and you are with this podcast is, I don't think you need to have the mindset that you're going to teach general consumers who are at the grocery store every day about agriculture, because guess what? That's not your target audience with this. Yeah, podcast. you're right. Um, and the chance of you, let's be honest, the chance of them stumbling upon your Instagram page is very slim. So don't feel like you're not good enough in our industry because you're not putting it on social media. Just do good in the industry, reach, just be, be approachable. And then that's how we're going to share agriculture. Boom. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. It's and a blunt I, way, but it drives – that's a, something I'm very passionate about. <laughs> well, and you – I mean, you're passionate about it and you're good at it. I mean, you've got so many followers on Instagram and you've got a bunch of friends on Facebook. I think you've got a bunch of followers on Twitter too. I mean, you're all around. You're doing You're doing some good stuff. Well, thank you. I guess, I that's, why you, <laughs> I guess that's why you got your job that you have right now too, running social media for the Secretary of Agriculture Exactly. In, in Iowa, but And but. I do love it. And I think it's just all about being relatable and being real. People like humans. I like humans. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, I think that's uh that's a good one. That's I mean, that's simple. I mean, you just gotta be a real person. You gotta let people know that like 
I think the same way you do and we're all weird. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. As long as you, as soon as you figure out that everyone's weird, I think you can get through life pretty easy. That makes total sense. Everyone has their flaws. I like that. Yeah. Well, Lexi, that's kind of all I had for you. I like to uh, leave this part open if you want to plug anything or um, have any inspirational quotes to, to tell to the public. Oh man, that's a lot of pressure, Cam. I know. I can. Do you want me to ramble for a little bit? I like to do that sometimes. <laughs> inspirational quote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just come up with an inspirational quote on the spot. Oh my gosh! Well, I'm looking around my apartment. My letterboard right now says "steak is my love language," so that could be an inspirational quote. Okay, now I'll cut that part <laughs> out, and then I'll I'll I'm gonna ask you the question. You just say okay. Okay, Lexi. This is the part where I tell you. To say an inspirational quote, what do you got? Oh, okay. I'm looking around my apartment and <laughs> no, my You're letter supposed board. to say it. <laughs> well, I don't want that to be the quote I live by. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I feel that. Uh, I thought um, you were going to say, like, live, laugh, love. Live, laugh, love. No, I don't have that on my wall. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay, let me see how I want to end this. Okay, you just asked, like, if there's anything else I want to share, maybe? Lexi, is there anything else you would like to share with the uh, listeners? Well, Canon, I just want to say thank you for what you're doing and kind of giving our industry a voice while letting us dig into leaders in our industry. And I'm very honored that you thought to talk to me. I hope that my farm life turned city life turned social media fanatic life um give someone some sort of inspiration to keep doing what they're doing for our industry i think you will i think i mean you reach so many people on a daily basis uh you've i bet you've inspired hundreds already well that is not why i do it i simply do it because i like to engage but thank you so much that's very kind of you no problem and I want um, you to know that I'm not editing this at all. So we're just, <laughs> we're gonna leave it all together. Oh no! <laughs> oh it's boy! Be so fun. Um, good. So they'll know my inspirational quote. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna know it. They're gonna know it. They're they're still listening at this point, so it's gonna be fun. Okay. <laughs> well. If people would like to um, actually get in touch with me, I would love to connect with anyone. And um, my social media is all Lexi Merrick. So L-E-X-I-M-A-R-E-K. Oh, you got to put your snap in too. Can you put your snap in? It's still Lexi Merrick. Okay, perfect. (laughs) I'm really original. (laughs) No, that's easy though. Yeah, that's kind of why I've kept it. Just my name first and last. I got a question Um, for you. This is a little segment I like to call... Uh, what's your Snapchat name? What's the weirdest Snapchat username you've ever heard? Mm. Well, this is just one at the top of my mind. My boyfriend's is Beeler Juice because that's his last name. <laughs> and he okay, made that's it pretty in funny. High school. So every time I look at it, I'm like, why? And but the thing about Snapchat is you can't change it without losing everything. Yeah. So he just like continued. So I can't tag him on Snapchat, like in my stories or anything, because it's a little embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) You can't do it because you you just won't show anybody what it is. Yeah, and I will sometimes, but. (laughs) I mean, you can be embarrassed of him. He's also the complete opposite of me. Um, in like all the greatest ways. So he is not on social media. He just kind of like supports me where I need it and lets me do my thing. But as for like tagging and sharing, it really doesn't matter to him that much where if that was my name that I made in high school, I would have had a new account long ago. Oh, like exactly. that is so odd. I had a, uh, uh, Kyle Vagy on last week and his Snapchat name was Ninja Turtles one. <laughs> Doesn't that just hurt you? <laughs> oh poor kid and you can't change it now and you can't change it because i mean you'd have lose. to like go yeah who wants to do that that's such no, a hassle i know yeah so and then charlie doesn't have instagram so i always tag him as insta charlie oh nice um so 
that's his social media presence on there. So um, he's just, he always tells me I'm rebranding him and secretly I probably am. You might be. It's it's great. You might be. It'll be (laughs) fun. That's why we balance each other well. Exactly. All right, Lexi. Well, I appreciate you uh, taking time out of your day to talk to me. It was fun. Thank you so much, Cannon. Thanks for what you're doing and so great to chat with you. All right. I'll talk to you later. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. You still there? I am. <laughs> Time's limited, so you must listen carefully. Lexi is a ball of fire, guys. She's she's just so into it, and she's so ready to just get out there and help anybody that she can. And that's what I love about her. She's so sweet. Uh, when we met on the junior board, I was just drawn to her. She just has that aura and vibe around her that you're like, wow, she, she can do something special here. Uh, and she's got the voice for it. She can get out there and talk to anybody. Like I said in my intro, she's she's willing to go out there and just talk to any single person uh, that she thinks would be cool to talk to. And it doesn't matter how much experience you have. It doesn't matter if you even show livestock. As she said in the episode, she, she does a lot of pageants. And she talks with girls that aren't really familiar with agriculture. But she can just talk to them and, and kind of give them the inside look to our industry that, that they probably won't see on a daily basis. So like she said... Uh, reach out to her on social media. It's always uh, at Lexi Merrick. Uh, and I spelled it in my episode, so that's how you spell it. Reach out to her, contact with her, connect with her, send her a message, tell her you liked the interview if you liked it. Um, any girls out there that want to try some pageants, if you're in the show industry and you want to try some pageants, reach out to her. She'd be an awesome uh, contact to have uh, in that organization and in, in that side of uh, kind of the industry, I guess I should say. Not our industry, but a different industry that you might want to get into. So, all right. Tune in Monday. Like I said, I'm going to have a reoccurring guest on, Jake Scott from Krebs Ranch, to talk about the show that he's helping out with, the All Showmanship Cattle Show, World Championship uh, Show. And, uh, yeah, that's it. That's all I got for you guys this week. So tune in Monday, like and share and subscribe, and blah, 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 follow. Love you guys. Bye.